hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Timeless Perspectives podcast. Once again, I have with me my great friend all the way from the United States, Stephanie. Stephanie, as you all know already, she is an ESL trainer. She is very experienced in terms of teaching English, making students prepare for IELTS examinations and all of the kinds of spoken English examinations. She is a trainer at Hello. She is an independent blogger, runs her own website. She's a linguistics student. And very soon, Stephanie is going to be a published author. Congratulations on that new uh, thing on your CV, on your resume, on the introduction, Stephanie. How does it feel, you know, before diving into the agenda of our discussion for the day? I am very excited to actually know how, because since, you know, as a fellow writer, I can actually, like, I can feel, you know, how much commitment it takes and how much inspiration it takes to actually decide, you know, to start writing a book. I think it's, it's, it's a very brave decision. So how did you gather this uh, inspiration? Tell us a bit about it. You know, what was that euphoric moment when you decided that, okay, yes, I have to do this. Yeah, thank you for that wonderful introduction. Um, so I'm working on a novel right now and it's in its very, very, very baby stages. <laughs> Emphasis on the very. Um, I've done, well, chapter five is a work in progress, um, but I have kind of had the idea for this for several years now, but I didn't really, originally I didn't want to mm -hmm. make it into a novel. Um, I've had this idea for several years. I thought, okay, you know, um, let's try to do more of like a memoir nonfiction thing. But then I was sitting with it and I was like, you know, there are some really cool characters that I can get out of this. Um, so let's try to kind of go that route. And um, it has been very interesting because I'm kind of taking a little bit of an unconventional approach with it um, because most stories are written in third person and the past tense, but this one is being written in the first person and present tense. So you're like oh. following everything as it's happening, um, which I was mm -hmm. originally kind of nervous to do, but it's actually really fun. It's really fun. Um, so that's kind of the background of, you know, um, how I've been approaching it. Um, and feel free to ask whatever else you want. <laughs> I don't know if I answered all your questions or not, but. No, I mean, like, it's, it's really exciting, you know, but a lot of people, since I have been blogging for last three years now, mm -hmm. I have been active on multiple platforms. I've written for newspapers. I've written for uh, a few websites. And a lot of people recommend that me that, oh, you know, like you should also write a book or something. Have you ever thought about it? And one question that, you know, I, I I stay fixated at it, you know, that do I have sufficient experience, you know, do I even have the perspective to materialize it into a book? So I always stop at that, you know, so I don't know for how long I will be waiting for that right moment. So, you know, that's the reason why I put up this question before you that, you know, what was that one moment, you know, when you were like, okay, now I have, because like, as we all know, writing a book needs commitment. Right. right. With all that you are doing, you're already a multifaceted personality. You know, you are invested in so many places. And uh, amidst all of this, 
you know, we all have that uh, fear that will I be able to do justice to this new project that I have taken now, given that you're also a student and you must be having other, other commitments as well. So like, do you ever face that challenge of, you know, uh, staying committed to the thing that you have started? Do you have set a timeline for you? Like, do you want to tell our viewers any, uh, you know, uh, when can they expect your book to launch? Like, do you have any timeline in your mind or you're just going with the flow? It's um, entirely up to you. We know yeah. that, you know, such things are <laughs> meant to be kept a top secret, but then, yeah, you wish, if, if you wish to. Um, so I don't really have a specific timeline, mostly because I just don't mm -hmm. know how long it's going to take. Like some people take mm -hmm. a year, some people take right. six months. Like I think if mm -hmm. you're, you know, making the commitment to do this as a full-time job, you're obviously going to take a shorter amount of time. Um, mm -hmm. But it'll, uh, to get the manuscript done, like the first draft, like not even sending it to an editor or anything, it'll probably mm -hmm. take me another eight months a year that's my guess mm. um but we'll see I mean I think kind of going back to that moment question when I realized that you know what like this can actually work it was kind of like a build-up um and like the way I think about it is just you know I got this idea I was thinking what can I do with it what can I do with it um and I did feel a little bit daunted by like turning it into a full novel because mm. I've always been like fascinated by people who write novels because it is such a commitment wow. and like going through the yeah. editing process and stuff is just, it takes so long. And, Absolutely. you know, I've tried to, I, I write short stories for fun. Like I haven't put any of them out there, mm. but like I work on them. Um, so that was kind of like the closest I thought I would ever get to like a long form format which is like completely different because you know you have to sit with a novel for like 200 plus pages but a short story exactly. is done in like what half an hour um yeah. so the mentality of it is different but I think that kind of not fear but like that daunting feeling I had it faded the moment I started like the moment wow. I started this book I was like I think I can do this I'm excited I'm willing to really get into it it's going to be so much fun um, and it hasn't come back and that's the thing that's been really interesting is I kind of thought it would like creep its way back in there but it hasn't mm -hmm. and I think that's wow. how I know that this is something that you know I should keep putting the commitment into because mm -hmm. I really do feel like it can be something more than just a draft you know that's the encouragement I would give to anyone who's interested in writing like if you're scared of taking it beyond the draft just do it for a few minutes a day you know like you have to build up the mm -hmm. habit and get yourself into that mindset of thinking about it because if you just kind of think about it but you never get it down it's like it's just gonna sit there and what's it gonna do you know i agree and you know like um, um something that is related to what we are actually talking about when we write specifically a novel, right, you know, like even with short stories, like what happens with me, I, I like to write a lot of short stories and mm -hmm. uh, I haven't been able to publish them on the website thing. But then like I am working on a few short stories, actually. And there is this story uh, of two school kids you know, that I'm writing, you know, uh, how they fall into love and all of that. So you're actually right. You know, when, when you sit and when you start to think about it, all the fear quickly disappears, you know, 
So this is the kind of an experimental story that I'm trying to write. And now my challenge is that I don't want to shorten it, you know, because once I get dissolved in it and I'm writing, I see, you know, thoughts are literally flowing. And I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, you know, I, I should write this also, you know, elaborate the story a little you know, bit more, you know, I should unfold the story a little bit more. So uh, I think that keeps adding to it. And, you know, I think that is, uh, a mindset that must be helping you with the novel thing as well. One last question related to the book that I have mm -hmm. before we come to our agenda for the day is that, you know, since you, you just said a couple of minutes ago that you were deciding how, like, whether you should go for a memoir or you should write a novel. So how did you decide this? You know, like, um, Because these are two entirely different things. You're writing a right. memoir, it's a piece of your life, you know, uh, ups and downs, your journey, you know, and... Uh, trying to make it as relatable as possible for your readers, whereas a novel is a completely different thing. You know, you explore with characters, you uh, provide the readers with an escape, right, through your characters, you you explore, you know, the deepest realm of your imagination. So, whereas with a memoir, you need to be realistic, right? right. So, how do you uh, decide that, you know, between these two things, which are completely opposite on the spectrum? Right. So. Actually, what's really interesting is um, I mm -hmm. wanted, well, I got the idea to um, write the memoir in like March of 2020. That was when I started like getting things down. I started uh -huh. like really going full steam ahead. And then mm -hmm. I, I got 13 chapters in and I deleted the whole thing. Oh. Um, and then I've gone back I to it actually. Wow. I think uh -huh. I mentioned it in the last or in the oh, in one podcast episode we did, I think I briefly no 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 don't feel bad, but I think I briefly <laughs> mentioned it. Um, and I've kind of returned back to it, but I feel like starting out with the novel is going to be like a better foundation for me, just because I don't know. Yeah. Writing a memoir is weird. There's almost a part of it that feels like it doesn't feel narcissistic that's not the right word but it feels like it's too uh, like self-indulging like because if I you're always thinking about yourself there's just something that feels yeah. so self-absorbed in that and Actually, I don't I would, like that I would, I, would, I would beg to differ you know like my understanding of a memoir is uh it's a very honest exercise of self-reflection you know oh it is have, but I'm saying right? like from the perspective of when you're writing it about yourself like yeah, as a writer, that's how it can feel. But I love it when other people. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree. And you know, like that's what has also kept me away from even thinking about writing a memoir in the near future. Because like I always get stuck at the question: Do I even qualify to write a memoir? You know. I think you do. Uh, <laughs> I think if you have a story to tell, you qualify. Yeah, that's yeah. my opinion. Like if you have something to share, you qualify to write about it. I fully agree with you, but you know, like we all have these apprehensions, these fears. You know, why people even would like to know about me, right? So that is something that I always get stuck. But then, anyways, patiently waiting for your novel to come out. <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, we once it's out, we are definitely gonna do another episode about it. So yes, thank let's you. COVID, you know, like this gets manifested as soon as possible. So coming to uh, the most serious talk, you know, for which we have come together today, the agenda for our discussion is something which is very interesting and very relevant, I suppose, to all the 
youngsters who are watching this podcast, you know, I think we all must have observed this, you know, in our daily life that our youth, you know, more particularly, like why I always come back to youth and most of my discussions are youth oriented. The reason because like, I think youth are the future, right? You know, they are going to be the, uh, the change makers in the coming time. So I think issues that are relevant to the youth need maximum room for discussion. So that's the reason I keep coming back to it. And like what we are discussing today is something very relevant. Nowadays, the youth is losing touch uh, with literature, not just with literature, like to, to even broaden it with reading. People are losing touch with reading and youth specifically because we are so engrossed with social media. We are so busy scrolling Instagram, so many things, even, you know, in fact, mindlessly. And we have done another episode about it uh, a couple of months ago, uh, how social media is actually causing a lot of trouble. So what do you think about it? You know, like this whole thing. First of all, I would like to know your observation. Do you also feel the same, Stephanie, that the the youth, uh, you know, uh, people of our age group, younger people, you know, uh, people who are in their 20s, have they completely lost touch with reading? Because I hardly, you know, I, I, I read a very beautiful quote, you know, that these days we, I, you know, I don't completely endorse it, to be honest, but it was a nice quote, actually. It said that, you know, we are a generation of people who have perfect bodies. The gyms are full, but we have nothing to say since the libraries are empty. So that actually says a lot about it, right? And I think this is a common observation across all societies, irrespective, you know, the libraries are empty. People uh, don't read books, right? Especially the youth, you know? And uh, like, do you share this observation? Do you, have you also seen that nowadays, the younger generation, the, the our age group people are not too much attached with reading. They don't like the idea of reading books. I mean, I definitely have a few friends who really enjoy mm -hmm. reading and I value that because, you know, mm -hmm. reading is something that's very important to me and it always has been. Mm -hmm. um, so sharing that definitely means a lot. And I actually have a friend who can read a book in an entire day. Like she's just an incredibly fast wow. reader. Shout out to Faith. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, I think that people value it. Not as many people mm -hmm. as I would like to see. But I haven't mm. lost all hope yet. I'm still a little bit optimistic for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so am I. So am I, definitely. But then, you know what? Uh, when we see nowadays, I mean, I think we can attribute it to the amount of distractions that we have these days. You know, we have social media, uh, which has actually, you know, and I think this is um, uh, quite, quite proven through research and all, it has reduced our attention span, right? You know, we uh, face significant challenge to stay focused or stay concentrated with something for extended periods of time. You know, given we are so habitual of real and scrolling everything, you know, and uh, uh, this kind of an addiction. So do you think social media is to be blamed? Uh, because people don't even read online, you know, like, if some some argue that you know okay the the uh, idea of reading physical books that is eliminating but then it's you know like people are still reading online a lot but then I, I don't know I don't feel the same I don't think people are reading spending lesser and lesser time reading books even online so do you think yeah. social media is to be blamed for it partially I mean 
if you think mm-hmm. about it in a way there's more reading going on than ever because think about how much time people spend reading texts and their friends social media posts like that counts as a reading or a type of reading i mean yeah. you're you're still reading what they're saying but it's yeah. not something that's like Agreed. intellectually mm. engaging necessarily um mm. Mm-hmm. Th- that's the approach that I kind of take. I mean, I don't think social media is entirely to blame because it's not social media's fault that people aren't motivated to read. Like, at the end of the day, if you're just not motivated to read, that's kind of on you. You know, it's not Facebook's fault that you spent three hours on the platform or Twitter, or Instagram, whatever it is. You know, mm. like, I, I, I think social media is more harmful than helpful, just as a very broad statement. But... You know, if someone wants to spend their time in a certain way, that comes down to their decision, right? Not necessarily, you know, blaming it on the app. It's like, well, you chose to spend your time in that manner, mm-hmm. you know? Well, well, I fully agree that, you know, like social media is not to be blamed because like people are there by choice, right? Then what makes you think that people are losing their motivation or you know to put it the other way around people are not motivated to read uh, as much as we used to see in the past i mean i think it's just it is a distraction i don't know if social media is the entire distraction but like there are so many mm-hmm. things going on that people have on their minds like you know they come home from work and they're tired they hang out with mm-hmm. their friends and then they have to cook dinner and Mm -hmm. feed the cat and just all these different things um but i think part of it is just also like the way that reading is approached like especially in the um school systems from a grade school level like a lot of kids i know who used to read a lot in elementary school by the time we got to high school where i would see them regularly you know Mm. they stopped reading unless it was required so i think part of it just kind of comes down to the approach that's taken and how they are surrounded by it. Um, It's not blaming the teachers and it's not blaming the schools entirely, but it's just saying that, you know, if you're put in a certain environment, if you see something in a certain way and you don't have a chance to really explore that, because I mean, we had to do reading time in school, but it wasn't like for long enough to where I think it really fostered a curiosity in people. And I think that's the most important thing. Like, if you can help someone just find that one book or find that one author or just spark their interest, that's really going to be what gets them going. Because I'm a firm believer that there's a book out there for everybody. You just need to help some people find it. Um, So it's a combination of things. I mean, at the end of the day, I think it still comes down to how a person chooses to spend their time. You can read a book or you can go on Instagram, which one do you want to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like, w- w- why I say so uh, is because, like, if I, when I was uh, a young kid, you know, when I was, uh, as far as I can remember, uh, people, like, especially in my family or society that I grew up, uh, people used to read a lot of fiction, actually, because, you know, as you said, people are stressed out, they have so many responsibilities, that was always there, right, you know, it's not right. like that. Our ancestors were lazy people, they didn't have, you know, anything to do. You know, that's not the case, right? It has been the same across the generations. Uh, In fact, I would like to say that now we have the highest, most levels of comfort 
you know, than we have ever had you know, for, for the previous generations. You know, definitely there are certain exceptions, certain societies, people are still uh, deprived of basic necessities. And let's hope they, 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 they get those things as soon as possible. But then for a large amount of people, right, we have a uh, maximum amount of comfort than ever has been, right? So, you know, like coming back to what I said, I remember people used to read fiction, people used to see reading books as a stress reliever, you know. People used to think that, okay, you know, there are problems in my mainstream life, but then I can't turn to literature I, you know, just for an escapade, right? You know, just for a ride of escaping the hard reality. And I remember, you know, like not a single day uh, was there when I didn't used to hear bedtime stories or read, you know, the storybooks for kids. You know, I like what you said earlier, kind of going back to that escapism. I think I think reading can be like a very healthy form of that. Like I mm. think about my favorite books and you know, I think it's it's good for you to kind of immerse yourself in a different world because I think it forces you to realize that like, oh, other people think differently than I do. It it sort of forces you to learn how to be empathetic and then you can extend that to real people and I think that's always a good thing so fiction definitely has its place and I think yeah. it's underappreciated mm -hmm. by some people but it's good when other people do appreciate it yeah I, I fully agree you know like before uh while I was just researching a bit of things regarding uh, our agenda for the day I came across this the survey you know, by uh, National Endowment for the Arts, you know, from the U.S. So it's actually a survey of literary readings in America. And, you know, like the findings of this reading uh, are shocking, you know, given the amount of exposure that we have, given the amount of resources that we have, reading fiction, self-help, whatever is easier than ever before, right? Uh, just on your you know, few clips, you you are exposed to a whole world of literature and so many different variety of genres, actually. So the findings of this survey actually, like, it shocked me, you know, because uh, it, it showed that specifically it's for the American society. So one of the findings is that, you know, the percentage of adult Americans reading literature, it has dropped dramatically over the past 20 years. And the survey says that, you know, there is not a single factor to be blamed for the decline in reading overall. As you also said, you know, we cannot completely blame social media, we cannot completely blame uh, the fast life that people are living nowadays for their inability to read. Rather, I think there is a strange hybrid of, of, of all these things, uh, which, which I, I think it's, it's pretty intuitive. And, but then, you know, like what is even worrying is the rate of decline in literature is accelerating. So do you think like it's time we recognize those gaps or those reasons? Why is, is you know, why are people getting so disinterested uh, in reading? Is it because somewhere I feel, I don't know if you would agree with me, this, this is much of a philosophical thought, but then is it because uh, we have just too much information these days? You know, we live in a uh, world with, which, which has information revolution and there is just too much information available everywhere, right? 
you know, so there is just too much everywhere. We we have kind of reached a saturation. Do you think that? I don't know, like if I put it the right way, but then if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I mean, I don't know if I would necessarily say we have a saturation, but mm. I would say that, you know, there is a lot of stuff out there and sometimes people just don't know what to look for. Or they don't know what they want to spend their time on and like it can get kind yeah. of overwhelming. So like, I, I think... can give you one example. Sorry to interrupt. You know, like mm-hmm. since, uh, you know, like we are writers, right? And I am quite active on social media because uh, it gives me a chance to engage into different perspectives. And uh, once I come across a good post, you know, which I like, okay, you know, lines are really good. I, I, I either take screenshots or note them somewhere. And then after a few seconds, I'm again coming across something really good. And then again, so that never stops. So yeah. after a point of time, I have 100 tabs open, either on my laptop or on my social media. And I'm like, you know, how much should I encapsulate, right? How much can I digest? And uh, sometimes that becomes really uh, annoying as well, you know, because given the algorithms and all the things that we have these days, uh, there is no ending of it, right? So we are always getting lots and lots of information and uh, it's kind of information explosion to some extent, which I'm not sure if it acts as a, as a, uh, like something that lowers the morale of people. They are like, okay, we are just done with it. No more reading. Maybe I think that's probably the biggest part of it. It's just kind of an overwhelm. Mm. It's like everyone everywhere is trying to get your attention, you know, and what do you focus on? I mean, sometimes that's a hard decision to make, you know. And um, there's actually a quote from Don Quixote that kind of ties back into this a little bit. Um, But I think it's like towards the beginning of the novel, he says, finally, Mm -hmm. from so little sleeping and so much reading, his brain dried up and he went completely out of his mind. And... I like that line because it really just, you know, Don Quixote becomes, he becomes so entrenched in his distractions that like he can't tell what to prioritize anymore. And I'm laughing because it's, it's funny when you're watching it or not watching it when you're, when you're thinking about it happening. And, and that's something that happens all the time to every one of us, you know, there's so many things that we're thinking about that we can't, really tell what's important or what's not anymore i mean i guess in the short term you can right but you know even trying to like think ahead about you know what's the most important thing i have to do next month it's like there are 10 things i have to do in a month you know so i think it's just people feeling overwhelmed and not knowing how to deal with it which is understandable you know but i think that's the biggest part of the situation that we're at Mm, I, I, I fully agree because like, yeah, I don't know uh, if we go to the pre-social media era uh, when we didn't have this kind of an information revolution, we we didn't have social media. So I don't know. If I, uh, maybe we can say people had more time, you know, and uh, therefore, because literature was also seen as a classic way you know, to utilize your time or, you know, spend some leisure time with with reading fiction or other types of books. And, you know, like, let me come back to the study that I read. It's, you know, one of the shocking uh, uh, 
uh, observations of this survey was that the steepest decline in literature reading is in the youngest age group, that is from 18 to 34. And from 1982 to 2020, there has been a decline of almost, I think, 28% uh, in the amount of reading that you know this, this age group does. So I don't know what to blame it, you know, should we blame the individuals? Uh, because we certainly cannot blame that we don't have resources or we don't have enough material to read, right? Rather, right. it's the opposite. So what exactly can we blame, you know? Why are, uh, especially the, the younger age group, you know, who should be uh, actually, you know, they should be highly enthusiastic to explore more perspectives and read more, you know, even something that is, uh, not their prime source of interest. Like I can give one of my own examples. I didn't used to read too much fiction, to be very honest. You know, I I, I was obsessed with self-help books. I have read so many help self-help books by Cal mm -hmm. Newport and Ryan Trusty and Gorgopal Das and Robin Sharma, Mel Robbins, so many people. I've read all of their books, Jay Shetty's books. But then, you know, like over the last one year, I turned to you know, literature and that to the classic ones, you know. So because I thought, you know, these stuffs were written literally, you know, 50 years ago, 70 years ago, 100 years ago, you know. So they have a very different perspective to offer. And, you know, quite literally when I started to read it, there were so many realizations all the way, you know, like literally I, I was discovering new perspectives every time I picked up a new book and uh, Recently, I finished a book by one of the classic, you know, novelists in India. Like his name is Prem Chand. You have heard about him. So he had he had written a very realistic. Like his novels are, they feature realism, and they feature psychological journeys into his characters. So that was such a beautiful, you know, discovery for me to actually read his stuff and actually read the psychic journey of the characters. So yeah. So and. I don't know. So what do you think? What can we blame it on that? Because we have so much interesting stuff all around. I mean, I think the big part of it, I think maybe I would argue the biggest part is environmental. Like, does your family read? Do you have role models who read? Because mm -hmm. um, I don't know if this is like a big cultural thing in, you know, India or Hong Kong, where you currently are right now. But I've seen a lot of parents here, like an incredibly depressing amount um, you know, like they're waiting in the restaurant, right? And they'll give their kid the tablet. <laughs> and and, they'll, and yes. they'll just, you know, use it to parent the kid. And I think that that's absolutely terrible. I think mm -hmm. it's setting them up for a lot of failure, to be mm -hmm. honest. And, um, you know, if you don't have people around you who mm -hmm. read or enjoy doing those things, then... You know, mm. what do you have to learn? What do you have to go off of? I mean, people can still, you know, decide to pick up a book on their own, like, once they get to a certain point. But if you've never had that seed planted, exactly. so to speak. Yeah. I fully agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I, I my dad. Agree. Oh, go mm -hmm. ahead. Yeah, please go ahead. Yeah. Um, like, my dad is always really enjoyed reading like he enjoys um 
John Grisham and David Baldacci and James Patterson. Like he loves to read books about lawyers, <laughs> mostly just because he's a lawyer and he likes, you know, laughing at the characters and such. But, you know, I saw him read a lot and my mom read to me a lot when I was little. Mm -hmm. So I had that um, exposure. And then I realized, oh, oh this yeah. is cool. This I, is great. Yeah. But not all the kids out there have that. So um, I think that's probably the biggest part of it. Because, you know, if you don't have that example set for you, how yeah. do you learn to do it for yourself, right? Fully agree. Yeah, fully agree. You know, and uh, in fact, it's very shocking at times that I come across my friends. For instance, I'm a writer, so a lot many times I like discussing with people. Oh, have you read this book? Or would you like to share about your favorite book? You know, anything, you know, related to literature or in general books. So some of the times I get shocked when a lot of my friends tell that they haven't read a single book outside of their academia. And I'm like, oh my God. And then I ask them, is there any particular reason? So they actually, you know, like they, they exactly say what you're saying, that they never had that kind of an environment in their homes. So yeah, I think it is a parenting thing as well. You know, when, because like, as I said, when I, as you also uh, you know, told your story. When I was young as well, I had, you know, my study table was filled with a lot of you know, short stories for kids, you know, and that, um, as you said, you know, that you, you get that seed from there, uh, which then grows up into a full tree. As you grow up, you gain more experiences, you want to know more about different perspectives. I fully agree with you. So, yeah. uh, Stephanie, you know, as we move towards, um, you know, most serious discussion about discussing literature, would you like to comment on the, I don't know whether, whether it would be appropriate for us to, but then how do you see the literature which was written in current times as compared to the classics that we have? Of course, you know, like the classics are uncomparable, right? Nobody can right. reach the level, but then at the same time, do we not have engaging stories? So I think that would be a very provocative statement. But then are people reading less also because they are not finding anything very engaging, very interesting, or to that level, which we used to have, uh, let's say, 20 years ago, or even before that. So I don't know, you know, the, the, the fiction that we have, the modern fiction that we have right now going on, uh, how engaging is it? Do you want to comment on the quality of it? You know, uh, is it not sufficiently good to engage people? I don't know. Like maybe it must be sounding very vague and provocative, but then uh, I think we should be open to discussion. So it just popped up in my mind, you know. So yeah, for sure. It? Um, well, there's something interesting that I think is important to bring up. So the publishing industry mm -hmm. has changed mm -hmm. drastically um, exactly. because of the yeah. internet, because now someone can self-publish a book yeah. or a story. You don't have to go through a traditional yeah. publisher anymore. Um, I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. there are pros and cons to doing both of those, right? But, mm -hmm. you know, that gives really good writers a really good thing and that gives some not so I don't want to call anyone a not good writer um but people who have yeah, less experience have come on yeah we all know it right you know yeah I mean 
There yeah. are. So they have mm -hmm. a platform now too. So the question becomes like, how do you filter through that? Um, I don't think that writing has become worse. I just mm. think that it the environment has changed <laughs> and there are new ways to navigate it. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I never thought it that way, actually. You're right, you know, because in, in previous times, we had so many screenings. We had so many filters, right? You know, which were definitely, I, I'm not saying they were good. Uh, they must have prevented a lot of good works also to come out, for sure. Uh, but then, yeah, definitely there were a lot of checks and balances everywhere. So many people reading your book before it's completely materialized into a book that enters the market. Yes, I, I fully agree. Whereas now with, you know, you don't even need to publish your books in hard copy nowadays. You can write. We just publish ebooks, right? So yes, you're actually right that we have all sorts of things available, you know, because everybody has the privilege and so many people who are uh, uh, self-proclaimed writers, you know, who just want, I don't know what to call them, but then, yeah, there's definitely a lot of, a lot of clutter as well which makes it very hard to find out the right book for yourself or especially for people who are not habitual of reading, you know. So they, they, they don't know how to filter it out or how to gauge, you know, how to see, okay, which books looks interesting. And now I think we have entered our age where all the books are judged by the cover. <laughs> well, I mean, that's so. kind of what a cover is there for, you know. Uh, I mean, that's your first impression. You know, like it mm -hmm. serves a purpose. I mean, I'll admit it. I've I bought um, All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Dover because I was intrigued by the cover. I mean, I read the back flap too, but yeah. the cover is stunning, the hardcover. Um, and then mm -hmm. I got uh, The Garden of Small Beginnings by Abby Waxman also because I liked the cover and the back of it, mm. but the yeah. cover was very nice too. So, you know, it does um, definitely serve a purpose. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It definitely has a purpose. But sometimes, don't you think it can also be deceitful? I don't know. I mean, deceitful, like, like you know, it can seem too good for what it actually is. Yeah, just like you know, we have on YouTube, you know, the thumbnails of YouTube videos or something else, but then the video is trash inside, right? So, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Must be a very bold statement to make, but then maybe we are also having it in, 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 in the books industry. Uh, which people end up buying books which are very interesting on the cover, but then don't have that impressive content on the inside. So, yeah. So as we move towards the conclusion of this episode, Stephanie, let's talk about the solutions. You know, we have discussed the problem you know, quite extensively. We have discussed so many factors. We discussed how the education industry is somewhere to be blamed. And, and you know, I really appreciate the point that you raised that now we are being taught to, you know, like we are being taught to do smart study. You know, I'm not against smart study, you know, given right. the competitive environment that we are in. It is sometimes very important to 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 condense your syllabus and do the smart study. But then, like in the process, we, I don't know, we lose paying attention to the details. Maybe you know. Uh, so yeah, I I do agree that you know nowadays we are only looking for bullet points and what are the summaries of it, and we don't don't want to go through the paragraphs, right? So, and that also works for, for the academic realm, uh, might be supposedly, like that's what the case these days is. Uh, 
And we also discussed about social media, how social media is distracting people. It has lessened, you know, we have words everywhere, but then I'm afraid people don't even read captions of each other's posts these days. You know, they just look at the pictures and that's it. Don't even take the pain of reading the captions, right? And uh, yeah, and we also discussed about the cultural thing, the family upbringing. What do you think is the solution for all of this, you know? I mean, I think and a lot can of we it... collectively do anything to uh, encourage people to read more? I mean, it, it can be a group effort, but again, it kind of, like, I believe it has to boil down to the individual decision because, like, I'll give an example. I've, you know, over the years, I've made some more friends, right, just from going to university and such, and I've, you know, gently encouraged some of them to get more into reading and, you know, mm -hmm. um, it doesn't even have to be a novel. Like, one of my friends studying theater, so I was like, okay, find a play that you haven't uh, read, that you haven't studied mm. in class, that you really want to try and read it and tell me how it is. And he found one and he loved it. Um, you know, so it's it's little things, like it doesn't have to be a novel. It can be like, you know, read a couple poems or like find a really amazing short story, right? But um, I think that there just needs to be more more celebration of writers, honestly. Uh, yes, because yes. I yeah. Writers spend so much time on their stuff, <laughs> and um, I think maybe if people understood Hardly more, any recognition. Oh, I yeah. I mean, you. some people get a lot, but, like, they're in the top 1%, you know? And then what about the people who were in the other 99, right? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, like, this reminds me of, uh, 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 of something really interesting that these days, you know, people are raising questions that, you know, is it, because I don't know, somehow the governments and the society as a whole, it has always been there, especially from the part of the world that I come from. But then nowadays, there is no motivation for kids to be writers, you know, or to come to, because entire focus of the entire society is on STEM fields, you know, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, you know. So these fields are getting so much attention. There are innovations happening. Uh, governments are pushing. Uh, huge investments are there into the STEM fields. Parents are encouraging their kids to be scientists, to be engineers, to be mathematicians, technocrats. I'm not saying, I'm not minimizing or diminishing its importance. Right. But then at the same time, in the process, what is happening is literature, writing, humanities is completely sidelined. And, you know, now people even dare to say that, oh, you know, it's it's complete garbage. You know, what would I do reading literature? Is it even relevant? How is it even helpful for the society? People do raise questions, you know, they're like, okay, okay, you know, you write, but then now what? How are you contributing to the society? Or, you know, like, how is it relevant? So people have these very, I don't know, these are unfortunate biases, you know, they feel that literature is not relevant, history is not relevant, and so therefore there is no use in either being a writer or there is no use in reading literature because they feel now it's not relevant and yeah. the only thing relevant is science, technology, engineering. What do you think about this stereotype which is there in our society? I mean, not all of us can be scientists and 
engineers exactly. and like I, I could never be an engineer. I could never be a mathematician. Like there's a very and clear that's reason. Not something to be sad about. You know, right. we all have different competencies, you know, and uh, an engineer might be a great engineer, but then maybe he cannot be uh, a good writer, you know, maybe he cannot look at certain things with that perspective with which a writer can see, right? You know, a writer can interpret rain into 10 different ways, right? But then I'm afraid uh, an engineer might be excellent, no offense, you know, at his job, but then uh, maybe he, he doesn't have that perspective or uh, which a writer has, right? And that goes the same for the writer as well, right? So, so I don't know, we, we have these unfortunate biases that people feel that, you know, being a writer is something to do with not having that competence or being less competent in your skills or whatever, intellect, IQ. So what do you think about this? Because I think this is one of the contributing factors why people are uh, actually not feeling that literature is relevant. I mean, it comes down to a balance, right? Like we need different people to do different things and we need that on a very broad right. level, right? Like we need nurses, we need teachers, we need writers, we need the bakers who make your bread every morning right mm. so you know not everyone is meant to do everything and i think that's a good mm -hmm. thing i think that's yeah, a very healthy yeah. thing <laughs> yeah. um like but you know going back like whenever people are like oh what do you want to do with that humanities degree it's like you know let them have their own plan or if they don't have a plan like leave that with them you know don't discourage it just mm. because it's not something that you want Right. Like at the end of the day, if you're going to put years of your life and that money, if you're making that investment, like I would hope someone would have a plan, you know, like I have a plan for how I'm going to use my degree. You know, I don't have every single thing figured out, but like I have an idea. It's a concept. It's a work in progress. So I can sure. say to somebody, look at what I'm going to do with it. But if sure. someone chooses that you know what oh that's still not useful i mean i have to leave that with them at the end of the day you know because they're allowed mm. to do what they want i can do what i want right so there just has to be more of a balance i think and more more balance to the conversations that we keep having yeah because i feel it is discouraging as a whole isn't it because we are seeing this constant narrative uh, parents are pushing their kids only to focus on STEM fields. Uh, we have so much development in terms of infrastructure, in terms of innovation and opportunities as well, right, in the STEM field. But then I, I can safely say that's not the case with humanities and more particularly with literature, right? Uh, you don't have as strong pull factors, you know. Uh, and I don't know. Are they consciously not developed or uh, is, it, is it market forces, you know, because most of the times it's market forces also, right? And whatever is relevant, whatever is in demand, uh, the society as a whole focuses more on that, right? So, but then, yeah, I feel diminishing the importance of writers and literature as a whole is not good for any society, right? Because like uh, writers and literature has played an imperative role in every, every era, right? Be it Indian independence movement, like there have been so beautiful creations, beautiful pieces, Stephanie, by, by a few writers who actually pushed, you know, the people to take a stand, you know, for their independence, you know, so literature has that power, I feel, 
And if you look at any era, be it the Victorian era, Renaissance period, whatever, you know, literature is, it is timeless, I feel. So, yeah. So what do you think is the, is, what can we do about it, you know? I mean, I think I just don't. Yeah, to encourage people to read more, uh, push them that, you know, and also I think there can be a beautiful hybrid where people can be into STEM fields, but then at the same time, they can also be invested into literature. And some of them can even try writing for their leisure. Yeah, I think it's like a hybrid, as you said, you know, like we can encourage people we know to read, we can give them recommendations, but, mm. you know, that still has to come from them. Um, <laughs> you know, I yeah. mean, you can you can tell someone, you know, oh, I think you would like this, but if they don't pick it up, it's like you've done everything you could do, you know? Yeah, but in some way, don't you think that external environment does change uh, and does impact a person's behavior, right? For example, like, you know, there are trends on social media, right? And sometimes just because everyone is doing it, you also tend to do it, right? Oh, when I definitely also... think that that's a factor. But, yeah. you know, if something's trending on social media and you do it, it's like you still made that decision, you know? Yeah, like exactly. after a certain point, mm -hmm. the collective breaks from the individual. Mm. Yeah, because, you know, like on, on a more practical note, after a couple of months back, I joined a book club, you know, which mm -hmm. was an amazing idea because like we often complain, you know, that given the kind of life that we are living, uh, neither do we get time nor we get that push, you know, to actually make ourselves sit in a secluded space without distraction and read, right? But then when we do that as a group, you know, and now we have resources, we have technology. So that was my motivation behind joining that book club. So basically it dealt with, actually it's, uh, it, it has more to do with the uh, domestic society of India. So we joined that group. It was started by one of the uh, social media influencers, Tisha Sarun, uh, uh, in India. So she's actually started a book club. And uh, I think it was an amazing experience for me, you know, because when you read together, you also share collective insights, you know, right. like we used to read and then thereafter we, we used to have a discussion kind of a thing, which was an amazing thing for me, you know. But then like after that, I had to leave the group because I had my exams and you know, the time zone was different. So that was kind of a trouble for me. But then I think we can have more of such things. We can encourage book clubs. Uh, it can be online or offline. People can come. Uh, people can come together and read either on Zoom or however way they want to do it, at whatever frequency they are comfortable in. Right? Do you have any such idea? Do you think like uh, this can happen, like using certain such techniques? I think so. I mean, I think it's good to definitely get in that space. Like one of my friends and mm -hmm. I have a writing group every week, and we just go and wow. rent yeah. out a room in the. Uh, library and that's been good because like sometimes we don't get a lot of writing done we just talk <laughs> but yeah. um, I think it's good to like at least have that space you know it helps mm. to have someone there to push dedicated you. to right right yeah. I, I fully agree with you so as we approach the end of this episode Stephanie you know any takeaways for our viewers I think we have had amazing conclusions you know we discussed the practical solutions for for this problem that we are facing nowadays any takeaways 
for the viewers. I think getting started is the most important part. You know, ask a friend for a recommendation, get onto Goodreads, um, look up something short and build your way up, but just get started 10 minutes a day, build that foundation, build that consistency, and I think things will be okay. Yeah, I fully agree with you. And also, I think, uh, uh, you know, going back to that old school mentality, you know, how I got an inspiration to spend more time reading was because I viewed reading as a stress reliever. You know, I never saw it as a responsibility or a commitment. No, you know, I I just left it loose, you know, whenever I need some escapism, whenever I just need to relieve my stress, I would just, you know, switch to the characters, uh, you know, and their story, you know, and uh, explore uh, some of the fiction, you know, which actually motivated me a lot. So I think that was my, so if you if you guys are looking for a push, I think, you know, you should not look at reading, you know, as a very monotonous activity or as something that you have to do. No, don't, you know, like, it should be not viewed as that. But then I think the best way to look at, that, uh, at it is, you know, from the point that it's my leisure activity. Okay, continue. All right, so with that, we come to an end of our episode. Thank you so much, Stephanie. It's always amazing speaking with you. And I think today we have discussed something which is very relevant to, to a lot of our viewers, given that a lot of them are youngsters. And thank you so much for sharing your amazing insights. And again, you know, coming back to your book, I'm patiently waiting for it. Congratulations once again for taking that bold step of, uh, you know, getting started writing your own novel you know there is very soon going to be a published author and i wish you all the luck for that thank you so much once again yes and thank you for all of your encouragement thank you for your time thank you for having me and everyone start reading get started <laughs> all right so with that we come to an end of our episode thank you so much for watching us you know hit the bell icon subscribe to our channel and explore more of such interesting videos. They're available all throughout our channels across all platforms. Once again, take care. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.